What's up, everyone? This is your main man, Devon Headley, coming to you live from the Headley's View podcast. For those of you who are new, this podcast is a wide encompassing podcast that talks about literature, book reviews, any news, pop culture stuff that for any medium, basically. You know, I talk about stuff that intrigues me, that sparks my curiosity, that I deem worthy of sharing my opinion on, sharing my opinion with you guys. So welcome to the show. And for those of you who supported me from the past, from the very beginning, who are who are consistent listeners, you probably noticed that I took a few months off of the podcast. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not because the podcasting, recording, you know, editing or researching is very, very strenuous on my time. It's not because of that. It's because I decided to pursue some other endeavors outside of the podcast in my life. You know, I've recently started boxing. I, I, I'm not really consistent in that as much as I would like, but I tried boxing. I'm like, I'm going to the gym. You know, that's not new. I'm actually working overnight at a vaccination place, Jacob Javis Center, for those of you who are in New York City. I've been doing that overnight and picking up different shifts, and it pays very well, to be honest. It's very lucrative. And one major thing that I'm started to, I started to do was attend trade school. Yes, I'm in trade school as we speak. I started a few weeks ago. I am doing plumbing. And plumbing is pretty fun. I like it. It's cool. It's not like the best thing that ever happened. No, it's not. It's okay. It's good as of now. And plumbing was the it was the second choice I had in mind in terms of pursuing a trade. At first, I wanted to do sonography, which is ultrasound. I wanted to be the ultrasound guy because they pay a lot of money. That on average is like seventy-eight grand on average. But I didn't want to pursue it because the scheduling was crazy. It was a lot of stuff you got to do in two years. It's a two-year program, and you have to go on a field practicum, which is going to hospitals and working there for free, basically like an unpaid internship or apprenticeship, however you want to put it. And it costs 50 grand for two years. But it's not only a double whammy, it's a triple whammy because there is a lot of math that is involved in sonography. You have to do physics, you have to do calculus. And I am not a math whiz. Like I know how to multiply. I know how to divide. You give me a Give me like a piece of paper and I could divide, do long division. I could do multiplication on big numbers. If you give me a piece of paper, I could work it out. But I am not Albert Einstein. I am not doing physics. Nah, the only physics thing about me is lifting weights. That's the only physics I get. That's the only physics I pursue. I can't do any of that. So I decided to do plumbing. Plumbing requires a lot of math too, but it's a lot easier on my psyche. So right now we're doing a project. We have to measure certain things and then we have to create a triangle out of pipes and fittings. And I'm having trouble with that because sometimes I will get the wrong measurement. Like it was a, it'll be like a quarter inch too big pause. And then I'll have to disassemble the whole project and cut it and rethread it. And I, that's a lot of work. The concept is easy, but once it comes into practice, it can be very tedious, if you know what I mean. But plumbing has been good. I prefer to work with my hands 
rather than sit down and look at a computer for eight hours in a cubicle inside of a company that I don't care about. Like, I don't even like looking at my own computer on my own free time. Imagine me working for a Fortune 500 company or some lame startup. (laughs) So I've been doing that. And, you know, I stayed off of social media for a while. Uh, I just had to clear my mind. You know, social media could be very addicting. I hate, to be honest, I hate watching people's lives. I know they hate watching my life, too. So it's it goes both ways. And you tr- you constantly compare your life to somebody else's life. And that's not healthy because you're comparing your everyday life to somebody else's highlight reel of what they're doing. Like you got friends who are traveling like, oh, my gosh, I'm traveling to um, France, blah, blah, blah. You I'm traveling. You not you lame. Like something like that. Like I was like, mm, I don't want to compare my life to other body to anybody else's so i decided to take a break off social media because it's it's a time waster like every time i scroll through instagram i scroll through it for like an hour i'll look up and like three hours is gone i'd rather just do that on youtube because my time goes into youtube at least i'll learn something from videos and stuff so i took a break off of instagram unless 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 i'm trying to promote my podcast i'll be on instagram and another reason why i stayed off of social media is because there's a lot of censorship going on if you really think about it there's a whole paradigm a whole zeitgeist so if you will that you have to agree with in order to keep your platform up if you go against the grain or if you have a a a conflicting idea or conflicting view on life you can be shadow banned. It's not really a conspiracy. You've seen it happen. Like different creators that I follow. Like I, f- I listen to Sticks Hexenhammer. He's a political guy. He's not He's not like a Republican or nothing. He's a, a liberal-leaning libertarian, if you will. And he, has, he states everything objectively. And he even got shadow banned off of YouTube. So he goes on to bit shoot. And a lot of creators that I listen to are... They have to jump ship and go to BitChute or Parler or one of those things because they get shadow banned. Like in Facebook, you could be deplatformed because you have a different ideology, you know? And it doesn't even have to be like very radical and bad. If you just say, oh, I disagree with this because of this and you do it very civilized, you could still get banned. And yeah, censorship is a thing like that. And if you fo- if you don't follow the community guidelines if you will quote unquote community guidelines get shadow banned and they make a stasi list Ooh, now nah, i don't know about the stasi style list but it, i wouldn't put it past them to make a list like that i'd be like oh don't let these people on to social media anymore and i have some different ideas and stuff and i feel weird if i put my ideas out on social media and then my so-called friends will be like, hey, you're, you're a bigot. Oh, hey, you don't agree. Like, I am I love having a debate. Actually, no, I like I like talk. I like having a debate in person. I hate having a debate online for everyone to see. You know, I'd rather just, like, talk to the person be in person and be like, hey, this is my point of view. This That is your point of view. Let's see whose point of view is right. You know, see what we could take from this conversation. Like, I prefer a verbal in-person debate. Like, I don't like debating with, like, you know, on social media and stuff. So, 
that's why I stay away from social media and I stay away from politics. I don't really talk about politics that much. But on the other hand, let's concite, let's con, let's put this into a conducive way, if if that's the right word. So I want to talk about censorship. Censorship is a very, it can be a very broad idea. Um, I'm gonna talk about censorship, the definition. I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of the definition, give some real world examples of the pros and cons of censorship. And I want to relay censorship back into literature and how censorship plays a big role in what we consume in terms of books and stuff and all of that. So first, censorship. What is censorship, Headley? Well, according to Wikipedia or according to Google, whichever you want to put it, Censorship is the suppression or prohibition of any parts of books, films, news, etc. that are considered obscene, politically unacceptable, or a threat to security. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's crazy. Nah, but that's censorship. And I understand where they're coming from in terms of censorship. Some things, there's some things that some people can't see. Like, for example, if you have if a media outlet is outright telling people to be violent and cause trouble, then, okay, yeah, I understand censorship. Like, you don't want to cause mass hysteria. You don't want people to get the wrong idea to overthrow the government or something like that. But if there's two sides of the coin on that one, too. Yeah, you could you could tell people to be violent, blah, blah, blah. Because in America, we have freedom of speech, quote unquote, freedom of speech. And yeah, it hinders freedom of speech. That's the main argument in terms of the main argument against censorship. It ruins freedom of speech. Well, I believe freedom of speech is important. Just like freedom of responsibility, freedom of like repercussions is also apparent. Like if I go in a bar and go up to a random guy and be like, yo, you stupid. I could say that. I could say whatever I want. But that guy could retaliate and punch me in the face. That's freedom of retaliation. So I believe everyone should have the freedom of speech. It just depends on how everyone else interprets that information. And that's on them on how to react or how to take in the information. Because it's like trying to shoot the messenger. Like if I say something politically and like, hey, this is what I think. Why would you ban me? Why would you censor me? You have to worry about how other people are taking in my information. Because I can't control what people do. I mean, yeah, you can, but you can't at the same time. And yeah, so it's a freedom of, you know, retaliation. Well, another pro about censorship is if you don't want graphic images to be exposed to children graphic images or exposed to anybody basically like gory like blood and guts or any sexual images you don't want to you know expose to anybody any 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 mind that could be molded you know like children stuff like that but um yeah it's weird because you know how back in the day you got the mortal Kombat controversy it was like, oh, there's too much blood and guts in this game, blah, blah, blah. Or, sen- or GTA, they want to censor everything Rockstar does, <laughs> like Manhunt. I was watching a video about Manhunt, and it really 
was telling me all the um, controversy that was happening in Manhunt. Manhunt is a game, survival stealth horror game. You got to kill people and stuff. And it was banned in a lot of countries made by Rockstar. So the main argument that the media and the government says is that the gaming, since the gaming is so hyper-realistic in terms of violence, that it will inspire people to go out and commit the same violence. And my retort to that is basically... You know there were serial killers and there was murderers and mass shooters before there was video games. You know that, right? <laughs> you think Jack the Ripper played in Grand Theft Auto? You think um John Wayne Gacy played Manhunt <laughs> or who else? You think um you think who else? Who else is a mass murderer? Oh yeah, Ted Bundy. You think Ted Bundy played Mortal Kombat? Like no, there's still People, bad people will still be bad people, and that transcends time, you know? So, yeah, I believe you could play whatever you want. That game should be played whenever, you know? And in terms of in terms of sexuali- sexualizing stuff, I believe that cuties, <laughs> that should be censored. I know I'm against censorship, but cuties should be censored. Like, you have, like, 12-year-old girls in, like, booty shorts gyrating and stuff. Like, that's kind of weird. You know, somewhere in the world, some dude is, like, having fun, if you know what I'm saying, looking at that image. And I kind of shiver thinking about that. But in terms of censorship to children, I wanted to talk about um, Looney Tunes and Disney back in the day. And if you look at look at Warner Brothers and Disney, two conglomerates in terms of owning a different bunch of medias and different companies they span back into the 30s so warner brothers was a thing was a huge heavyweight and if you look back then look at the context of the time there's a lot of racism yes that's the given that's that comes with the territory of history american history or any type of history so look at looney tunes look at bugs bunny he had his one this one episode where he's getting chased by this black hunter and the black hunter is like literally drawn as a caricature of a of a like a a big lipped buffoon type black dude and he talks like i talks like still so he talks like that and very slow and then you had another episode when they had was talking about when they had like Japanese people, you know how back in the 40s, Japanese people were like literally in concentration camps, but nobody talks about that really. America put Japanese people in concentration camps during the 40s, internment camps, internment camps, like potato, potato at this point, or tomato, tomato. But you know, they 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 portrayed um Japanese people as like the the Fu Manchu, buck tooth, like squinty eyed, like oh y'all like that, like that's crazy. And Disney, Disney did the same exact thing. It was one episode where Donald Duck went to war. And he was like a German sympath, like he he was fighting for Germany or something. He was like oh hi Hitler, blah blah blah. And it was a lot of racism, a lot of like racist portrayals of different minority groups in these cartoons in these cartoons and you know now they're actually taking down all those episodes and stuff 
they're taking down this episode, censoring and and I believe they should keep that. Keep that and show the history of like Warner Brothers. Show the history of Disney. Show what they did back then because you're basically erasing history even though it's bad history history is history nonetheless and yeah the people are censoring kids shows and stuff they're censoring dr seuss how come they don't censor how come they don't cancel disney how come they don't cancel warner brothers no they can't do that because warner brothers and disney is making too much money if it was like a low budget no a low budget company they'll be canceled right away they'll go bankrupt but nah disney is just too much of a machine to get canceled for like little episodes back then but but that's i get i get why they want to do that because you know racism is not good blah, blah blah and they should take it down but i'll get into why actually no i think i think i think there should be like a you know a disclaimer it should be a disclaimer saying oh this episode was made back in this time we don't have the same views anymore but this is how people thought back in the day something like that but i'll go more in depth in terms of like disclaimers and ratings and stuff like that when i go into the literature part so those are the pros for censorship you know it you want to protect people's ears from any radical thinking you want you want to you don't want people to be impressionable and be violent you know go against religion blah 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 and you want to keep graphic images away from impressionable minds if you will whether it be sexual whether it be gory and like nasty and stuff away from impressionable minds those are the pros of censorship i understand that but the cons of censorship is not really good obviously cons so people the first con is people are not able to have thought-provoking conversations because not everyone is hive-minded not everyone's a monolith people have different ideas about various topics and some of those ideas could be very provocative it could be very outlandish if you will or it could be very you know very 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 i can't think of a word but it just provoke promotes a conversation a provocative conversation but people can't have those conversations anymore because once there there's a paradigm or a zeitgeist that everyone is following one person that rocks the boat or one person that goes against the grain against the waves they actually get chastised they get crucified because they have a different idea and it doesn't help us grow as people if you if you're willing to censor everybody that has a different opinion as you like say i forgot who said this i think i don't know who said this quote well i think it's either um is voltaire or one of those enlightenment guys from france they said i'm loosely like reciting this i'm it's not verbatim i'm paraphrasing so the quote said the quote says if you cut a man's tongue out, you are not proving that he is wrong. You're only proving that you are afraid of what he might say. That's by Voltaire, one of those guys. I don't have the quote in front of me. So it proves that you are afraid of what the person might say. You're afraid of what 
result might inspire might come up might come up of that person's you know ideas and look at an enlightenment look at a scientific revolution everyone came together and had ideas that goes that went against the predominant zeitgeist the predominant paradigm which is the catholic church so a lot of scientists came through like galileo copernicus one of them got executed from by the catholic church well they believe that the scientists believe that the universe is helio heliocentric which means it revolves around the sun but the catholic church thought that the universe revolves around the the galaxy revolves around the earth so it's geocentric and they prove the copernicus and galileo they prove that hey, hey man this is not this is not cool like you're wrong and then they got executed <laughs> for a heresy because they're going against the church so censorship went by went back that far because those in power don't want to be shown up they don't want to be like proven wrong so if they're proven wrong from that, then they could be wrong about a lot of things. And that's why people want to protect censorship. They want to keep censorship with an ironclad fist. So if if Copernicus and all those other guys didn't come forward or the Enlightenment guys didn't come forward and discuss their ideas that are different against the status quo, then we wouldn't have a society that progressed forward in terms of philosophical thinking in terms of scientific stuff and even the dudes in the renaissance you know the society moved forward and it went to another paradigm because these guys came forward and said what's on their mind with research and stuff and i believe that's why censorship is it, censorship is bad because it prevents us from moving forward because many people have ideas that could go against the establishment but it could really propel our society into a new age, you know? And another kind of censorship is it goes against rights. Like I said before, the freedom of speech. I don't know how in different countries it is, but like the country I live in, you got freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is important. A lot of people take that, like they take that seriously. But I take it with a grain of salt because freedom of speech is in air quotes, if you know what I mean. But you should have the right to express your ideas even if it can be deemed harmful you should express it you know but you should also be willing to take the criticism you should also be willing to take the retaliation because that's what freedom of speech comes with it's like the unwritten rule so yeah and those are the cons against censorship well i wanted to talk about censorship in the terms of literature so I was researching stuff on ALA, which is the American Literature Association. Let me pull up a, I'm gonna pull up something real quick. I'm going to pull up their website. I should have printed out, but I don't wanna really waste paper and stuff. So, According to the ALA, American Library Association, not literature, a lot of the, there's a lot of books that are like are censored and challenged and banned. So before I go into that, 
I'm going to talk about the difference between a book being banned and a book being challenged. A book being challenged is when it's brought up to a board, a board of people, a committee. And then you put in your you put in your case, your grievances about the book and explain why you want this book banned. It could be for obscenity. It could be for like the topics that it covers or the themes or something like that. It could be banned. But when a book is challenged and not banned, I mean, it's still there. It's just been challenged. But when a book is banned, outright banned, that means that it's no longer available for consumption is like off it basically burned the book burning you know and a lot of books have been challenged back in the day from schools to be in to, to be exact like you know you got harry potter has been banned a lot of places a lot of schools you know back in the bi- in a bible belt basically like um harry potter was challenged a lot because of witchcraft you know a lot of christians be like oh i don't want i don't want little little sally reading reading some witchcraft malarkey i don't want little timmy you know reading about wizardry and and all that casting spells on the dog like something like that and i it's funny like a lot of books that have been canonized were challenged like look a look a great gatsby capturing a rye what else? What else? Like a Catch Twenty Two. Uh, what else? What else? As I Lay Dying. Like any Faulkner books, Hemingway books. All of them have been challenged. And you know what's crazy? Was ironic. I don't know if, like, all the challenged books are canonized books. Books who who like a committee or something in a literature association or whatever. I got I'll put the link below. If I could research it, a lot of these books have been canonized, has been challenged or banned. It proved, and when a book is canonized, that means its themes and themes and characters and plot is so important that it transcends time, that is timeless. Like it's the book is that good that has been canonized. So I don't know if it's a direct correlation with a book being canonized and then the book being challenge or banned it just proves how good it is so good that the people who banned it like yo we gotta get rid of this book you know it's making me think too much it's it's challenging the status quo you know so i think it was interesting but in terms of censure censoring literature i don't believe in changing the author's work i don't like when though you change the words of the author or you take out some of the parts, some of the plot points, you take it out because it's unpalatable. I think that's very, very disingenuous. I think it's very harmful with the author's work, you know? Because I'm a, I might be biased because I like to write too. I'm I'm not an author. I'm not a paid author. I'm I'm an aspiring author. But I would hate the fact that the words I spend so much time writing, thinking out in my head, you know, planning and crafting meticulously throughout my life or throughout a certain period of time is changed because somebody in Tennessee in a school in in a public school or high school in Tennessee is like nah you 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 get banned bro nah we don't like your your plot you don't like your themes and I'm like damn I spent so much time 
writing is you have to read it and take in what you take in so i think i it, rather than changing up the words and the entire thing of a book or just straight out burning it i'll just call it burn it instead of banner you burn it i think there should be a disclaimer like if the work is so controversial that you should put a disclaimer or you should put a rating like Say, for instance, like a book from the 50s or the 40s or the 30s backwards had like racist language, like the N word. And it talks about black people like, oh, black people is or Mexican people that like I think you should put a disclaimer saying that this was the ideology of this time period. We don't think like this anymore. That's back then. We want to preserve the history of how people spoke or how people thought back then. I think that's a lot better. Is a is a better compromise, you know? You want to preserve history, but you want to give the author dignity. Like, hey, this author wrote this. Let's keep it this way. But we don't think that way. We want to look into the past because those who forget history are deemed to repeat it or doomed to repeat it. I know it's an over, over, overplayed quote, but that's just how I think of it. So it should be like a disclaimer at the beginning of the book. I think they do it for Disney as well. Or they do it for Warner Brothers. They'll say like, oh, this is a different time, blah, blah, blah. We in a different time. We don't think like that. But we need to look in the past and see how they, you know, thought. And I think they should bring like, say, for instance, like a rating system. They do rating systems for movies, television shows and video games. But they don't do it for books, to be honest, because, you know, there's some books with a, like a chat with a children's book aesthetic or style that could be aimed for adults. You know, like a comic book or something or a graphic novel or some type of book that's like really weird. Like, you know how like Family Guy is a cartoon, but it's an adult cartoon, stuff like that. Yeah, it could be the same for books. So I think I propose ALA. American Library Association. I, Devon, propose that you could put rating systems on books. Like put rated E for everyone, or rated T for teen, or M for mature, or A for the adult. Whatever you want to put. I don't it could be something like that. It don't it doesn't have to be like rated E for E like come on. But put a rating system. I know in Barnes and Noble they got the children's book section and all that section, but like online or you should be able to Put a rating system if you're buying a book online. Yeah. And censorship is just stupid in terms of like censoring history. Like I'll I'll make an argument that it's important to read books from the from back then. Like say for instance, like Mein Kampf. I'm not saying you should read it casually. However, in the if you're in the right context in the right setting, you should be able to read it. Like, say if you're in a history class, if you're majoring in history in college and you, you're you studying, like, World War II, I believe Mein Kampf should be on the curriculum because it gives you an insight on what Hitler was thinking throughout his time, what, made, what led him up to him, you know, committing genocide and do, going into World War II because Mein Kampf is a precursor to that. Mein Kampf is like everything that he was thinking. So it's better to study that because one is a primary source. It's not like a th secondary or a third source. It's like 
right there is a source on how he was thinking. So I think that, like, for argument, that should be made possible. Like, if you're in an academic context, you should be able to read the Mein Kampf in a history class, you know? And many schools challenge books because it's the discretion of the teachers and the, you know, and the staff and the faculty. You know, a lot of them say, hey, our kids don't need to read this, blah, 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 and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I understand their grievances and stuff. But it's weird. I see a lot of children's books now. They're going into a lot of political themes, like books talking, like children's books talking about racism. Children's books talking about, you know, transgenderism children's books talking about like other stuff and i'm like how come that's not being censored that's a lot for a kid to take in well so i could put all that for a kid's book but as soon as i say the word shit on the kid's book the book is not deemed for kids but like when you say like when you're portraying different grown themes and grown lessons that like literally took me years to understand the kid's book is good you know, some people say that's propaganda, if you know, but that's neither here or there. Like, that's not my, that's not the argument I'm trying to portray, but it's a thought that came into my mind just now. So, yeah. In terms of literature, censorship is not good. In conclusion, censorship could be good, but it's a slippery slope because morality and the degrees of acceptability or what's deemed to be acceptable is subjective it's a subjective thing because one person could say oh morality is this this and this that and the third another person could be like no you're wrong morality or being good or being righteous is this this and the third something like that because you can't base something you can't base a rule on views that are subjective because it's constantly changing the goalposts will always move like one thing that I I could deem something obscene, obscene or worthy of censorship, but another person would be like, nah, I don't, that doesn't need censorship. So the goalpost is always moving because there's no concrete rule of righteousness or rule of, you know, rule of what's moral or what's not, what's decency or what's not. This That rule is always going to be subjective because our ideas of that are molded from our from our communities different communities that we reside in our upbringing what we've been taught and just how we were raised so it's different it's contextual you know it depends on the context of which you were raised how your morality will shape it could be different so we can't base censorship off of those ideas of righteousness and morality because it's always going to be subjective so it's going to be hard it's an uphill battle and it also in terms of conclusion in literature i think they should be a disclaimer in the beginning of the book if it's a very controversial subject or a plot point or themes there should be a rating system to discuss who whether it's for kids whether it's teenagers whether it's for adults stuff like that I don't want to change around the words. I want to preserve the author's words because the auth- the words are the most important thing of the authors. So I think it's this is not really good to change up everything, to censor everything. So yeah, that's my 
thoughts about censorship in terms of media or books or whatever is what I think. This is purely a opinion piece, to be honest. It's not really like a debate or like an academic piece. I just wanted to share my thoughts on it. And if anything, I would put some links in the description. I would put some some sources, cite my sources, what I saw like on the ALA. I want to cite the source of that. Cite the source of the definition of censorship. And yeah, cite some sources because that's one thing I want to do now. I want to cite more sources. Like if I'm going to refer to a article or refer to a website, I'm going to put the sources down. Like I, I ch- I'm going to try and do that just to make it better because I want you guys to look at what I'm looking at and see if you arrive to the same conclusion or you ha- arrive to a different conclusion. And you could let me know in the comment section or you could DM me on Instagram, headley.view. You know, tell me what you think because you don't have to agree with everything I say. This is just my opinion on stuff. Who knows? In the future, I could probably bring somebody on and we have a debate or we could just discuss things. It'd be like a Joe Rogan podcast. But hey, that's neither here or there. Anyways, thank you guys for watching. This is Headley's View. Thank you for listening.